This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Co-hosting with me today, I have Suzanne Pierce from DAC Vitamins and Minerals, and we have Corey Rogers in the studio with us this morning. It's been quite entertaining. He's quite a funny chap. Tell us about you, Corey. I'm not reading your bio. Oh, good. Thank goodness. All right. Um, well, I'm it was 30. actually some no. grammar was off, and you know I'm a Brit, so I can't handle it anyway. So uh -huh. there you go. <laughs> Guess we're gonna get started there, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, no. So my wife and I, we've just moved around. Um, I've been riding since I was a kid. Uh, you know, the first couple horses you always get. Most people's parents like them, so they get them good stuff. I don't think my dad really cared for me too much. So <laughs> he brought Dak this. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It was a neighbor's horse, you know, that he bought and got all excited he goes so I said let's go ride he goes well doesn't know how to ride you got to teach it all that so that was oh wow yeah, we started was, you up right yeah that was the first experience there a few broken bones later and we had some stuff figured out but um you know and then I just tried to always go work for different people um as a kid I'd go and you know clean stalls to get some lessons and stuff so that's that's how that all started and then uh, just sort of and how old were you then oh I don't know middle school so I 18 you know I don't, I'm, I'm not you know I'm not really sure but I was a young kid um, and then uh, so after high school uh, my educational future didn't look too bright or my sports future so then I went out west and worked for a few big places out there and you know started just started colts and, and it turns into one thing to another you know and you're picking up horses there and then you catch yourself working for another trainer so it's worked uh, really good in, in my favor uh, you know after I got married my wife and I got married it it was harder to move because we had a lot more stuff, you know. Uh, she just collects stuff from everywhere, so <laughs> it uh, it got it got pretty tiresome, and so we ended up back home in Florida, uh, where we're both from, and we decided we're gonna, you know, put down some roots and try to start a family and a business. And so far, we've been really blessed. We've uh, we've kept the barn full, almost too full at times, you know, running ourselves to death doing everything, but. It's a, it's, it's, we've been very lucky, so. So based here in Ocala, how many horses do you have? Uh, we keep anywhere between 10 to 15 to 16 in training at a time. Um, and That's you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. And it, it, you know, it works out though, because some are older horses, some are younger horses, you know, so you can fill in your schedule as you need to. Um, you know, we, we try to show, I, I show a little bit in the reining stuff. I've got a, a group of customers that go with me who are really successful in the reining, but, um, most of everything we do is starting younger horses uh, and I don't even want to say fixing bad horses because I'm sort of over that stage of my life but teaching people how to sort of work with their horses to get over it and um, you know really common sense stuff um, you know you get people get to watching stuff on TV and they get stuck in a round pen you know why do you want to chase a horse around in a round pen all day you know how long can you shake a bag at it <laughs> you know it gets, it gets really redundant after a while you know that's true you know and so we we try to just incorporate everything in um i personally think that if you have to work a horse 30 minutes before you have to ride it it's you know it's a joke you know it's time to grow up and, and make a horse out of it so you know these horses they come out of the stall they go to work they get treated like horses i don't care if it's a 30 dollars show horse or a thirty thousand dollar show horse or a 30 dollar backyard you know, horse, they all get treated like horses and that keeps them. And I think that's what they need. I think people treat horses like kids sometimes and they put emotions to it and it doesn't work. You know, so a lot of it's people issues with the horses. <laughs> you know what I mean? But well, it, did you hear that in the intro? 
No, I didn't. At the beginning? It wasn't yeah. turned I up loud enough. No, I helped. You turned it up right when they said the beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, the intro, the beginning of the show. Oh, no, yeah, I didn't the hear beginning. that. Yeah, I, I was help, late. I help oh, horses, horses with, with people, people problems. problems. Yeah, there you go. You yes, know, and, and, that's, and that, the, that's it. And that's what it is. And everything we try to do, um, you know, we'll do, a, we'll do some groundwork stuff, but everything from their back, it, it's softness. You know, if, if you have a horse that... You can move around just barely doing anything. If you have a horse that's soft from his nose to his tail, it's very easy to do a lot of stuff. You know, it, you can make a rainer look like a dressage horse. You can make a dressage horse look like a Western Pleasure horse. It's all in, you know, controlling every inch of their body and how to get to that point and do it, you know, the right way so the horse is learning and not being resistant and you're going to have to be mean and they're going to get in a fight, you know, so. So what's the first thing you do when you start? You get a new horse, young horse in, what's the first thing you do? Bite its ear, and then, no. <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it just depends on where the horse is at, you know. It, it's all different, you know, different things. We'll get horses in that don't know anything, you know. They're halter broke. Um, so we always sort of like to start off real simple. The horse comes in, it stays in the stall for three days. It comes out of the stall, when the stalls are clean, it's tied up, it's tied to the wall, and it just hangs out. Um, it gives that horse a little bit of time to decompress. You know, it's in a new situation. Uh, and I think that goes a long way. You know, they have multiple people handling them through the day. So they start to accept that, you know, and all of a sudden your horse that's head shy, it has three or four different people going throughout the stall to catch it every day. It gets over it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, that's, you know, so that's how we start. They just stay hanging out. They, you know, they get tied up. Um, and then we go from there. We don't have a round pin on the property. We try not to use one. I mean, if I have to set one up, the horse has got to be pretty special. Um, or I'm worried that my health insurance isn't paid up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so a lot of the times what we'll do is we'll go to the arena. We do, you know, simple groundwork stuff that will be covered, you know, when we go to do the clinic on the third with Seminole. But it's, um, you know, it's all simple stuff. It's the same thing we're going to do in the saddle. So if I want to move that horse's hip while he's lunging around me, we can do that. His shoulders, his rib cage, and his neck. Um, and, you know, nothing big. We're not on a 30-foot lunge line. We're on a 10-foot lunge line. You know, the, um, and that works, I think, to, you know in my favor too so if you go back and you look at like different techniques people do to me some of them are brutal yes but the theory behind what they're doing is pretty smart um, you know you've seen some of the old movies where they have a big post in the round pin you know and they dally the horse <laughs> off and choke it out and everything like that well of course we're not doing that but then if you you go from that to doing it on a saddle horse well you know you, you can dally off your horse you know and lead it around and feed it some slack so what I think is is if I can get that horse to go around me in that 10-foot circle he tries to leave, I'm not going to, you know, I'm definitely not going to hold him there, but I'll just go with him, but he's got to keep working while we're doing that. So after a while, they realize, well, it's really stupid to fight. I can just start moving forward, and I'm good. You know, so it, it's little things like that um, that I think that are really important. You know, why would you chase a horse that's trying to run away from you anyway? doesn't really seem that logical. No. Well, let's chase it till it turns around and looks at me and licks and chews. No, we want to put a saddle on and go to work. You know what I mean? It, that's the whole point of this game. And so I think that you're uh, feeding into that horse's deal when you do spend 45 minutes out there chasing it around. No, I mean, make it work and stay in a small circle and get it tired and then he's ready to go. You know, don't, don't, don't make something that it wants to do, you know, easier on it. I don't know. And That's I have opinion. to say, I've been I've been out to Corey's, and um, he happened to be doing a little clinic yeah. <laughs> one day, and I was watching. I was, he was on one horse, and I want to say it was a younger horse, probably. Yeah, and then you had like three or four people there, and not only is he working with the horses, he's working with the people, and teaching was, yeah. them yeah, you know, how to ride their horses yes. and right. ask their horses and, and he, that's a good point he the had the, 
I want to say it might have been a two or three year old that you were on and and I was really impressed with what you were doing with this horse because within five minutes the horse was doing what you're darn right it's because we feed it DAC and seminal feed. You're right. And it keeps their brain operating very well. There you well. go. You know but what I, I mean? So. I mean, and that was the first time I had been out there. And I mean, I was impressed. And then the girls that were, were riding, um, you know, and, and one of them was having a difficult time, but he explained it to her. And then by the time she was done, within 20 minutes, the horse was doing exactly. So it it is sometimes yeah. people problems. It, it's so, a lot of and people it's problems. common sense. And, and you know, and, and the same thing with the horse. Like, you know, it's like trying to, trying to argue with somebody, you're never going to change their mind if you're screaming at them. You know what I mean? That's Nobody true. wants to lose a fight when you're at that point. No. You know, so you just sort of work around little things and the little things don't end up being that big anymore and then it's on to something else. And it's the same thing with people it is with horses. You what know? do you do with people? What do I, um, now, I, I, mean, I, I read your talk bio. Talk to them, take their money when they pay me for <laughs> services. That's good, that's good. <laughs> no, I, I read in your bio that, you know, I, and I've actually met a lot of horse people who are decent horse trainers but they have good bedside manner and they can't work with people right. and I think that's where a lot of people fall down and, and I can even go back to like my kids um, taking riding lessons you know uh, uh, sent them to someone else because it's hard to teach your own right right sent them to riding lessons and and found that even though they loved the horse and they loved the riding that they you know the, the yeah. attitude of the yeah. teacher was just not working for them right so I think a lot of it like it always goes back I think just to uh, customer service, you know, is treating yeah, the people and, and, and making it enjoyable for the person at the same time I think sarcasm, as beating them up a bit. I think sarcasm goes a long way to help people. Yeah, I see you're good you know at that. I mean? Yeah, you got that and, down. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people take it the wrong way, but, uh, you know, I mean, but they don't. You know, it's, um, but you got to have fun doing it. You I know what say, I mean? don't you think a smile? Yeah. You've got a great smile. Yeah. A smile makes you're a difference, right. doesn't I do. it? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I think having fun with it, but explaining stuff to people where you can actually understand it. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty dense, you know, when you try to explain certain things to me, so, I have to use the way that I think to try to explain it to people that are dense about the subject that we're trying to fix, you know. So I think that helps to learn, you know, not try to sound smarter than you actually are. You know, I mean, be simple about it. That's, uh, that's I think that's the easiest way. You know? I agree. Yeah. And actually, we have another wave for Amanda Burleson. You better be um, watching this morning uh, from Seminole Feed. <laughs> uh, and uh, they have a wonderful locations here in our area. We're very fortunate to have them. And, and they make all their feed. I could almost walk to the mill they make a million bags of feed a year at um, from here so you know it's fresh and they don't put anything else in there but horse food they don't have any additives or stuff for cattle or anything you have to worry about falling in your feed which is really important but then they also put out a quality feed and talk to me about what you feed your horse yeah so we feed we, like I say we have a bunch of different horses come through you know so there's there's a there's variety, a variety of there's feed. a variety of stuff that we feed but we could have brought the feedback we have made another fortress we could have um, you know but uh, so during the summertime when our stuff's getting worked pretty hard I put them on the accelerates um, you know it's got a little bit a little bit more to it you know gets them pepped up a little bit come winter time they'll go back on the um, the Dynasport um, and then, uh, but you know, like I say, it just depends on the horses. So if I have a horse comes in that's skinny, it automatically goes on the Dynasport, it goes on the DAC oil and the bloom. And within a month, I have to take them off the Dynasport or down to a half a scoop, and then I have to slow my supplements down. Um, you know, so once that horse is fat and slick and pretty, I'm not going to keep feeding it something to make it even fatter. You know, so we'll, right. we'll change the feed around a little bit, and then, uh, but everything, everything Seminole feed, you know, makes we feed. I love it. 
Um, it sounds like a horrible plug now, sorry. Uh, but yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, true. yeah, I mean, but seriously, you know, the Dynasport's an amazing feed. Um, like I say, within a month, you can go from a scoop down to a half a scoop on most horses. Um, and then paired with the oil, the oil's amazing and the bloom works really, really well as well. Um, and so anything that you're having that way, that's taken care of. And then we feed a lot of hay. Um, I tr and I, I'm going to make a lot of people mad. I try not to feed any coastal hay, um, but we feed a lot of ONA, a lot of orchard. We're um, anti-coastal. Yeah, you know, I just, I I've had stuff. such Sorry. bad luck with it. Yeah. Um, you know, but we feed, and we feed a variety of different degrees of hay, too, so they're not getting grade A stuff all the time, you know. That horse is meant to walk and eat, so they'll go from getting alfalfa that's super stimmy, then they'll get the good stuff, then they get a Timothy mix. I mean, it's always changing. And, um, you know, I have to, I'm sorry to interrupt on that, but okay. that is actually, um, we had a webinar with Dr. Tanya, our nutritionist, and that was one thing that she was talking about because horses are grazing animals mm -hmm. and, you know, giving them a variety of different hays is very good for them because they... The teeth quality wise and them chewing longer stem shorter stem yeah, they're supposed to walk and eat and you, know? and you know they're supposed to be grazing at all yeah. times you know so they would get a variety yeah, they yeah. Have and Ruffage. so I, it, it was funny that you had said that that's yeah. why i had to step in there for a minute but not coastal no not coastal no. i don't see is for coastal and c is for colic yeah i'm not <laughs> big on that yeah. but let's, let's talk um let's talk about the clinic that you yeah. mentioned so seminal feed is um Seminole Feed is doing a seminar, I think, a feed seminar up at the uh, Livestock Pavilion. And uh, Sherry Bolin had set it up, who's a very good sales rep. Um, and, you know, so she got this deal set up, and um, I th she goes, well, I think we need to have something more than bags of feed. So I said, well, well, we'll try to do a clinic and see if we can get it filled up. And uh, the clinic is filled up. I think we've got 19 in it, and they're giving a spot away. Nice. Um, you know, so this, this clinic will be a little bit different than the normal ones we do. The normal ones are usually way too long, way too tiring, and, uh, you know, by the end of the day, everybody's just done with. So this one's going to be a little bit more on a schedule. Um, it's going to be a four-hour clinic in the morning for, you know, 19 riders. So obviously it's not going to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one time, but I think it'll give everybody, you know, sort of an overview of what you can do. Um, with a horse. So what we'll cover once we get going is just softness. You know, 95%, I'd say 98% of the horses that have problems that I get to mess with and other people that I see riding, they're just hard. You know, I mean, their bodies are hard, their mouths are hard. Um, and a lot of the time it's, you know, because people are pulling all the time, you know, and they don't realize it or they're doing something that's really ignorant that's making the horse that way. So, you know, I think, um, that, and that's what we'll cover a lot of at the clinic, just, uh, you know, controlling that rib cage, getting that horse to lift up and wrap around your leg, making the horse that everybody wants, but they don't know how to do it, so they ride around, you know, and snatching and kicking and, and everything else and scissoring their mouth off or pulling on, you know, and so it, it just sheds a little bit of light on the easiest and, you know, in my idea, correct way of getting it. Um, you know, what people forget is, you're not going to control a whole lot with that bit. You know, you're, you're going to get their pole broke over and you might be able to control the speed of their feet. That's about it. You know, you and a little bit of direction. Body. Yeah. And, you know, how many horses do you see it run around their neck straight up in the air and they're broke over at the pole and their chin's just pinned to their neck? You know, and that people are like, oh, look how soft my horse is. No, he's got the <laughs> asphyxiate, you know, or asphyxiate. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Choke <laughs> out or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's just, you know, it, it's lack of, lack of knowledge. And uh, I honestly think it's a lot of people just watch this stuff on the, you know, TV or the Internet, then they go try it and there's actually not any follow-up to it. 
So that's what I think is so cool about these clinics. Yeah, the old YouTube video out yeah. trying and you know, Google these are, yourself at home. Yeah. Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Yeah. And these are real hands-on clinics, you know. So we'll, we're going to try to compress all that at the clinic on November the 3rd. Um, so it'll probably go over four hours. It'll probably turn it out to be five hours or so, six hours. And then we're going to do a demo after the clinic while they serve lunch. I've, I've got a few horses that people are sending that I'm going to work personally and you know in the arena there while everybody's doing and see if I can look like a hero or a zero so you know what I mean that's hoping for a hero yeah yeah you know maybe halfway in between it's okay but uh yeah so that's you know that's just the basics of it um and you know a lot of people don't realize also that when you put leg on a horse you know it doesn't mean to go faster you know it's meant to encourage them to lift up a little bit lift their backs up lift their shoulders up and that's where you get that softness from you can't have a soft horse with a hollowed out back running around you know, like a standard bread, saddle bread. What are them big high-headed things? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so it's just, it's common sense that a lot of people didn't get to learn and it's the next step up and actually something practical that you can do at home, you know. So we'll start off on the ground and end up on their back by the end of the day. And uh, you know, it's pretty good results most of the time. If not, I can sell it as, yeah, he just needs a few more days. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, uh, but it's a good time and it's really educational. You know, uh, any type of horse can come, any type of rider can come. I promise we can fix something on anything. Um, and if it's not there, it'll be there. You know, it, it's, um, it, it's really fun though to watch the transformation in just a day on most of the horses. Have you ever had a really, really like big challenge horse that's really kind of oh, yeah. given you every Every day, Reason actually. To give up. Yeah, well, actually, uh, this I wouldn't call this one a real horse. He's a horse, but on our Facebook business page, we posted something the other day. Uh, way back when we used, to, well, not way back when we played around in the Mustang makeovers all the time. Um, we had one that came in who was just, he was bad. It was for the big deal. I don't know, four or five years ago, but uh, he'd lived in the wild pretty much with three feet for a couple years. He'd cut off the whole back of his front right leg. There's a story. We'll have to pull it up at the break, and you can read it real yeah. quick, but. Um, you know, and he was just, he was bad. He, they couldn't get him caught in the pins. He jumped in the pins to get some, to some mares when they actually did catch him, you know. And then, uh, so he was supposed to be four. He was more like uh, 10 when we got him, I think it was, or nine or something like that. So, I mean, it was just a challenge. And that horse, I mean, he was crazy. He lived in a round pen for two weeks and we couldn't get a halter on him. I mean, we tried everything. I was at my wits end. We'd rope him. I had to cut three ropes off that horse. You know what I mean? By the end of the night, I just couldn't get within five foot of him. And this went on forever. Um, I'd have my pony horse, and I'd get that horse dallied off to my pony horse, and he was great till I got from me to you. He's jumped over the top of me and another horse before. Um, so we finally got it going, you know, and we got him. It got a little Western sometimes, you know what I mean? But, you know, it happened. I don't know, either that or he was going to Mexico from the way it sounded. So, we, you know, we were trying to, we were trying to do him trying a favor. Trying to save him, yeah. yeah. And trying to win a million dollars at the same time. I'd be lying if that wasn't the case. But, uh, you know, so anyway, we, we got the horse going finally and got him all sacked out. And he was actually being real approachable. You could get close to him and he wouldn't try to kill you within the first 30 seconds anymore. And, had him sacked out and go to climb on him and midair he reaches up and cow kicks me out of the stirrup and out of the saddle. You know, never buck though, but he would kick you and when you jump off of him, if you weren't paying attention, he'd grab your shoulder and bite you. So you have, we got- What a character. Yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was a good time. So that horse there and uh, the, the follow up to that story is, is he ended up going to live with the uh, BLM officer that wanted to adopt him from the time they gathered him. So it's real neat. We'll, we'll pull good it up during story. the break and you yeah. can look at it. Love but you know, that was probably one of the toughest ones. But like I say, he, I don't think he was your typical horse, but no. yeah, we get a lot of stuff in, a lot of stuff that, um, you know, sort of runoffs, uh, and, and that, that's, I, I hate even talking about these kind of horses, but, you know, stuff in that's actually not as bad as people think. Um, 
You know, we used to get a lot of big uh, English type horses in that were just over bridled all the time. They were tired of being pulled on. You know, a lot of dressage horses, same way, you know, just tired of being pulled on. So take them out to the hayfield and go lope on a loose rein for a few days. Let them just relax. They're, they're a horse, horse again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what they need, but sometimes people don't think that way. Yeah, you know? you're right. Now, what is the date of the clinic? November 3rd. November 3rd. Are spectators able to come watch? It's free. Lovely. Wow. And they got free lunch, too. And that is at the Livestock Village, yes, Southeastern. Yep. Fabulous. Yep. Corey. Yes, ma'am. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> Nice meeting you. You've got to come you back bet. again. All right. That'll For real. Work. Loads okay. of fun. Thank you to Seminole Feed Stores, uh, world's best feed uh, for sure, and uh, obviously helping Corey in his program uh, alongside the DAC products that he uses. Hi, guys. This is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and let me know what you thought. Now please go out there and share the podcast.